Hello and welcome to another edition of Locked on Spartans for your Thursday, December 20th, 2018. Uh, the new national signing day for uh, football is over and we are going to talk about that a lot today as it regards to Michigan State. I'm your host, Will Hunter, welcoming you back in for another edition of Locked on Spartans. A reminder, we do this five days a week, half an hour podcast, five times a week, dedicated to Michigan State Athletics uh, as a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every single day. So we've got some things to talk about. Uh, I know yesterday at the end of the show, I teased that today we'd uh, look ahead a little bit to uh, Michigan State basketball taking on Oakland. Uh, but we're going to save that for tomorrow, do a full preview, full basketball show tomorrow. Uh, today is going to be all football, uh, some different things we're going to talk about. Obviously, we're going to do a lot of uh, recruiting stuff. First two segments, we'll cover recruiting, uh, just what happened on National Signing Day, uh, some good things, some disappointing things, uh, some things to maybe uh, take note of some things that uh, we maybe don't need to panic about that happened, aka losing a running back to Rutgers. (laughs) Uh, But we'll talk about all that. And then I want to uh, finish the show with the current team as they prepare for the Redbox Bowl uh, without Justin Lane, uh, but they will have uh, the the two Scots for the Redbox Bowl. So I will give my thoughts on all of that. Reach out to the show on Twitter at OnSpartans. Follow me on Twitter at Will underscore underscore Hunter. One L, two underscores in that. Uh, LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com if you want to email us uh, anything. And subscribe to the podcast. Can't say it enough. Easiest way to get this uh, podcast on your phone every single day is to subscribe to it using whatever service you use to listen to podcasts, and if you wouldn't mind, head on over to iTunes if you got just like 30 spare seconds and just click five stars for this podcast. Uh, That helps out greatly, and I really appreciate it, and I appreciate all you guys tuning in, uh, new listeners and old. Uh, It's really cool that you guys keep coming back to listen to me talk about Michigan State, so uh, I really appreciate that. All right, let's get into the show and talk about some recruiting Okay, so uh, National Signing Day for Michigan State, as it tends to be, uh, well, not technically National Signing Day, uh, but the new National Signing Day. It seems the, so the early, new early signing period started last year. This is the second year where recruits can sign in December. They used to have to wait until February, uh, and that, you know, was National Signing Day in February. Now it has been moved up to the early signing period uh, starting yesterday, December 19th, and uh, most recruits do sign on that day. Some are still waiting. Uh, one for Michigan State is still waiting. We'll talk about him. Um, but, you know, this is the new National Signing Day, and it tends to be pretty uneventful for Michigan State. Uh, they did uh, flip uh, another recruit, kind of a last-minute thing that we weren't expecting, uh, adding Maverick Hansen. Uh, from Farmington Hills, Harrison pulled them from uh, Central Michigan. That's the second MAC uh, commit that they've flipped in the last couple of weeks following uh, quarterback Peyton Thorne, who was previously committed to Western. Uh, Maverick Hansen immediately becomes, aside from the punter Jack Bomeister, uh the uh, lowest-ranked recruit for Michigan State, but still a three-star player, uh, an offensive tackle, but 
Uh, that's where he's listed on 24-7, but D'Antonio said he will be playing at the defensive line. Said he reminds him a lot of Kenny Wilkes uh, and just, you know, has a great motor and things like that and is a guy that is going to uh, sort of that whole two-star player with a five-star work ethic, uh, that cliche that Michigan State has really made a lot of hay with. So uh, they seem to be pretty excited about him. He was a late offer. They just offered him very recently. Uh, and he he's now a Spartan too. So in total, Michigan State signs 18 guys, uh, two additional walk-ons, uh, currently ranked 28th in the nation this class. Last year was the 31st ranked class, uh, and you are the seventh best class in the Big Ten. So right in the middle of the pack, uh, average star rating of 87.24, dropped down a little bit, but still I think that's sixth, fifth or sixth in the Big Ten uh, so you move up a little bit there. Uh, like I said in previous shows, a little bit of a smaller class uh, overall, but no crazy surprises. Michigan State does miss out on uh, a few guys. Jordan Huff is a guy that had been previously committed to Michigan State, then flipped to Georgia Tech and uh, was wavering late, but stuck with Georgia Tech. Uh, Kavan Butler, a guy who was a Kentucky commit, who was considering Michigan State, uh, also went that direction, another miss for uh, MSU. Uh, and then one other selection today was uh, Keith Randolph of Illinois, uh, Belleville, Illinois. He chose the University of Illinois over Michigan State. It was down to those two. He hadn't announced the commitment, uh, but Michigan State was in his final two. Michigan State misses out on him. Uh, maybe the surprise of the day, though, Aaron Young, a running back from Pennsylvania, three-star running back, uh, one of three running backs in this class, uh, kind of without warning, really, uh, his, his national letter of intent didn't come in. And then the reports coming out that he was considering Rutgers, where his younger or his older brother is a freshman at. Uh, and then a couple hours later, it, they made it official and Rutgers announced that he had signed a national letter of intent there. So uh, there were a lot of Michigan State fans kind of up in arms, uh, uh, not you know mad at the kid, but just like, Really, we're, we're losing players to Rutgers now. Uh, Rutgers is the staple of the basement of the Big Ten and one of the worst uh, Power Five programs in college football uh, year in and year out. Um, and so it's not a great look to lose a, a player there. Uh, but I think, you know, given proper contacts, it's not a major deal. His brother uh, plays there. It is closer to home for him. Uh, and when he can, you know, a, a recruit like that for, for Rutgers, he was a middle-of-the-pack recruit in Michigan State's class. Uh, I think the second running back, maybe even the, the lowest-ranked running back that Michigan State was bringing in. you got to remember they're bringing in two other running backs aside from him. Uh, and so he's facing a, a big uphill battle. There's, he's coming into the program here seventh on the depth chart, sixth on the depth chart at running back, uh, whereas he can go to Rutgers and immediately get playing time, which, uh, you know, every kid is different. Uh, you know, some kids want to play right away. Some kids want uh, to go to a bigger school where it's going to be tougher to, to make the field, but maybe there's a higher ceiling there. Uh, and he's a guy who wanted to stay close to home. He wanted to play with his brother, uh, wanted to play uh, right when he got there as a true freshman. I'm sure he will, and I'm sure he'll be a good player for them. Uh, so I don't think it's a major deal given that context. It's, you know, it's optics aren't great losing a player to Rutgers, but I think there are a number of explaining factors um, where it's not like, you know, Michigan State is absolutely tanking in terms of recruiting. Uh, if you're worried about recruiting for Michigan State, I would I would hand you a number of different pieces of evidence that you should be more worried about 
uh, than losing an individual player to Rutgers. And then one sort of last development, uh, we'll call it, uh, for the, the early signing period was that uh, Alante Brown, who's uh, a receiver, athlete, running back type, converted quarterback basically from uh, Chicago, did not send in a letter of intent. Uh, and that got a lot of people worried because depending on where you look, he's a three-star in some places. Uh, he's a four-star uh, in some rankings as well. And a, a lot of really positive things have been said about him. You may remember he's the guy who, uh, like I said, con- converted from quarterback and there just hasn't been a ton of, obviously, film on him as a as a playmaker, as a receiver. But a lot of people think he's going to translate really well to the next level because of his speed and, and quickness in the open field. And a lot of people are really excited about him. Uh, his letter of intent didn't come in. Uh, a number of reports came out that he is still... 100 and I think he in his words 120 percent committed to Michigan State generally with these things if kids are wavering you can go to social media uh, and check things out and some reporters were doing that um, saying that you know nothing had really changed as stuff was all still Michigan State you know you, you start to try to look for clues like hey is this kid gonna decommit etc cetera, etc cetera. Uh, but it still all looks solid he just uh, isn't going to sign in this period. He's going to sign in February is his plan. Uh, and generally that uh, means one thing and you don't want to, like this is a little bit of speculation just based on circumstantial evidence. I obviously don't know his academic record or anything like that, but thing, the one thing that tends to hold up commitments, we've seen it different things, right? Like legal troubles held up commitments for Austin Robertson a, a few years ago. I don't think this is anything like that. I think we would have heard about that if it was something like that. Uh, I think when it is academics, they generally keep it quiet. Uh, you know, he maybe isn't done with clearinghouse. There's like a certain process that these guys have to go through before they're eligible to sign national letters of intent. Um, D'Antonio didn't address it today, couldn't address it today because he can't talk about players who are not uh, signed with the team. Uh, so I would think that's the most likely scenario is he's just at a point right now where he's got some stuff to get done in the classroom to be able to be eligible to sign his national letter of intent. Uh, and, uh, you know, if that's the case, you know, hopefully he, he can get all that done. Uh, you know, every kid is different. Every kid, you know, goes through school differently. Some do better with grades. Uh, than others and you know you just hope if it is something like that that he, he gets everything squared away and can uh, get on to college and, and move on with his life and it's not something where he's not able to go to a division one school because of grades because uh, that does happen guys go to have to go to you know stops in community college to get their academics squared away so I would think that's the most likely scenario uh, I think the most likely way this plays out is that everything ends up fine he signs in February when everything is squared away uh, and he's here next year. So that's kind of my take on it. I've seen that uh, take around as well. Uh, no one's really reporting that because, you know, again, you're, you're just, it's pure speculation here. Nobody knows. And you don't want to badmouth the kid and say he's doing bad in school when you don't really know. But if I had to guess, I would say that is, uh, if I had to bet, right, we'll put it that way. If I had to bet, I, w- I would bet on that. Uh, and hopefully it all ends up okay. Nobody seemed to panic about panicked about it today, so uh, I would take that as a good sign moving forward. Okay, we're going to continue in the next segment with some more 
uh, signing day stuff. We'll talk about some more specific stuff in this class. Uh, get into some specific guys uh, that maybe we haven't talked about a ton. D'Antonio said some interesting things and his press availability today is signing day press conference. So we'll talk about that after the break. But first, a word from Sling TV, guys. If you are just sick and tired for paying for all these channels you don't watch, when all you want to do is watch Michigan State play, you got to give Sling TV a shot. It is the best way to watch college athletics. $30 a month gets you ESPN, FS1, Pac-12 Network, SEC Network, and more. Right now, listeners to this podcast can sign up for Sling TV and get a seven-day free trial at sling.com slash locked on. That's S-L-I-N-G dot com slash locked on. Uh, with Sling, you can stream on all your favorite devices from your big screen down to your smartphone. There's no useless channels, no long-term contracts, no hidden fees. You can cancel it at any time if you're unhappy with it. Uh, what a perfect time to to try this out. Seven-day free trial, sling.com slash locked on. That's S-L-I-N-G dot com slash locked on. Sling TV gives you the live TV you love, only better. And if your company is looking for a new way to reach customers, you could be mentioned right now. Podcast listeners are 60% more likely to interact with sponsors they hear on their favorite shows. And our demographic has more education and earns more money than traditional media audiences. Have your company sponsor this podcast. Email me at LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com. All right. Welcome back to segment two of Locked on Spartans. Uh, let's keep it going with some recruiting stuff. Recruiting. Um, so one thing I do want to talk about is this offensive line class. Uh, Mark D'Antonio said in his press conference that, uh, you know, going through the things, like looking at this this group just on paper, uh, it is, he calls it the best offensive line group he's ever signed. Uh, they signed five offensive linemen, four technically offensive linemen. Uh, there's one more guy, J.D. Duplain, uh, Duplain, excuse me, J.D. Duplain, uh, who may start at defensive uh, tackle. Uh, D'Antonio said he will start at defensive tackle uh, in terms of practice and things like that. Uh, but he's a guy who could uh, eventually play on the offensive side of the ball. Basically, here's the quote. Um, you know, wherever he can get on the field fastest, that's where he'll play. Uh, so Duplain's a guy who's from Strongsville, Ohio, a uh, high three-star recruit. Ohio State tried to get him late, uh, but he, he committed to Michigan State a while back. And, uh, you know, held on. So that's that's good there. Uh, he's, a you know, a guy that could really add to this offensive line class. He ends up there. He could be a D, good D lineman. Uh, aside from him, obviously, we know Devontae Dobbs is, is the guy. 26 overall recruit, five-star guy. But aside from him, Spencer Brown uh, is someone that a lot of people really like. Uh, he's 6'6", 295, top 500 player in the country. Uh, and is just... Uh, a really big athletic guy that a lot of people think, you know, he sort of got the physical traits to be a bookend tackle. Uh, and he's, you know, with some refining and some good coaching, which, you know, he's going to get at Michigan State. Could be a really good player. Uh, Nick Samak is someone we've talked about uh, a couple of times on here. Uh, people think he's a very underrated offensive guard prospect. Uh, really athletic guy. He's 6'4", 260 right now. He's obviously going to end up around 300 pounds. Uh, but D'Antonio talked about just how great his feet are and how good of an athlete he is. Uh, Damon Kaler, someone Sean Shearer mentioned on this show, 6'6 guy who's 315 pounds right now from Indiana. Uh, D'Antonio talked about how he's a really powerful player, and I'm sure uh, he's a he's a big guy who can move. Uh, and, you know, with coaching with time in a couple of years, could be a really good player, at least profiles as someone physically 
who's got the the tools you kind of look for. So I know they're really excited about this offensive line group, and I think it was a good job by them identifying that they needed to, they needed to have a really good class of offensive linemen because uh, you know the guys right now that are in there either a can't stay healthy or b just haven't really shown uh, consistent play as of yet. Uh, Dobbs is someone who D'Antonio has said, and I'm sure he will uh, play right away. Uh, you're probably looking at your starting offensive guard next year at one of those spots. Uh, I don't think anyone else is going to play too early on those lines. Uh, we'll see if Spencer Brown, uh, he's an early enrollee, what he sort of does from January uh, until next fall. That's a, a long time for a guy to really get his feet under him. So he's another guy who could potentially play, but I think you know, you'll really see dividends two years down the line if this group is as good uh, as they th- as this staff thinks he is. Uh, interesting enough, too, they got a couple of couple of guys playing baseball. Uh, Tate Hallock is a guy who's going to be playing some, or no, not Tate Hallock, excuse me, Jace Bowen and Adam Berghorst uh, are two guys that are going to be playing baseball here. I saw Jace Bowen, uh, someone say he could be the next Kirk Gibson. <laughs> we'll see how that plays out. Uh, but he's a receiver, uh, one of the best uh, shortstops in the country. And D'Antonio did talk about how they're going to have to balance that out and make it work. But those two guys will be playing baseball. Uh, and Adam Berghorst is a 6'7", 245-pound defensive end who they were super high on. Uh, D'Antonio was uh, gushing over him a little bit uh, in his press conference. So he's the guy to, to pay attention to with that sort of frame. Maybe doesn't see the field as a freshman, but uh, after that with some development, could be a really special player. Uh, if he can become a, a solid pass rusher with, with those physical tools, that would be uh, really impressive. Uh, in terms of other guys that might make an impact year one, aside from Dobbs and Burnett, uh, the running backs you always kind of have to look at because they can translate pretty quickly. Uh, I think Anthony Williams Jr. is a guy who might be able to uh, get on there because he brings something a little bit different than the guys that are on there now. Uh, if Alante Brown gets everything together and ends up getting into the program and all that. Uh, I think he's a guy who, based on what I've heard, could see the field as a true freshman. Uh, that's just, you know, anytime you can get a, a playmaker, uh, you get him on the field, you get him, you get the ball in his hands, uh, and, and, you know, you, you go from there. Uh, aside from that, I don't see a ton. Maybe Trey Mosley, another receiver who is kind of a riser right now. I've seen some things written up on him, how he uh, had just a phenomenal senior season, uh, and is probably, you know, more well-regarded than his ranking is. I mean, he's, you know, number 572 in the nation. He's still a really, really highly regarded prospect. Uh, but he's someone who maybe uh, would be a little bit higher if they re-ranked him again today. So he's uh, one more guy that could potentially see the field. I think just uh, on the offensive side of the ball, the skill positions, I think, is where you kind of might see it. Obviously, you're not going to see it from the quarterback. The line is tough unless you're a guy like Dobbs who comes in pretty much ready. We'll see with uh, a guy like Michael Fletcher, uh, who's a 6'5", 240-pound defensive end, another top 500 player, uh, who they're really, I know they're really high on him. Uh, he had a lot of offers. He was a guy whose recruiting uh, process was heating up a bit. Uh, you know, Some other, you know, Kentucky, uh, Alabama did offer uh, as well. So, you know, so did. Georgia, I'm just going through the list. Georgia offered, Michigan offered, Nebraska, Purdue, Wisconsin. So uh, pretty good 
a list of offers from him. So that was a highly coveted player that I know they're super excited about getting. We'll see if he can get on the field as a freshman as well. But uh, all in all, just going through this, I think the thing you're probably hearing the most, and I'm going to agree with it, is it's just a pretty typical D'Antonio class. Uh, I think if you, yeah, it's their best class since the 2016 class, and the class that one is the one that totally fell apart, where seven of the top eight players in that group are no longer with the program. Uh, so there's a lot of potential here. There's a lot of really interesting players. There's obviously a couple really high end guys, which is always great. Uh, but the guys after that seem to fit the mold. You know, you got downhill linebackers uh, like Luke Fulton. You got really long, athletic defensive ends. Uh, which is always great. And then you've got good, solid uh, receivers in there as well. you got a thumper, running back type, uh, and Brandon Wright. So it, it's a pretty typical D'Antonio class. Some guys that are, you know, lower ranked, but uh, the coaches say have really great motors and work really hard are, not, are guys that are going to outplay their, their rankings as well. One last thing here before we, we move on to some other stuff. I, uh, I absolutely loved... Uh, D'Antonio's quote on Jack Bomeister, the punter that they signed from Australia, uh, said it's a little bit like having a mail-order bride. <laughs> so Don Treadwell is the one who actually did an in-home visit, went to Australia to meet uh, Bomeister and his family. So pretty good trip for him. That's a nice recruiting trip. D'Antonio said he was too good to pass up. Uh, the number nine punter in the class, the number two punter coming out of Australia uh, with the way the game is changing. And D'Antonio talked a little bit about this in terms of punting. Uh, you know, that rugby style punt and things like that. It's uh, becoming a little bit more of a dynamic position. Uh, and even though they have punters on the roster and are bringing back Hartbarger, hopefully for a sixth year, if he gets his medical red shirt granted, uh, D'Antonio said he was just too good of a player to, to not take. So uh, I'm always a fan of getting good punting. <laughs> I know that Michigan State is almost in like an ironic way. Like, the only thing I was truly excited about, like, if I didn't have this job, I wouldn't have cared about anything regarding this class aside from the the highlight video of Jack Bomeister punting uh, that they sent out. That was my jam. Uh, loved it. So excited to, to watch him get to work. We'll see how that all plays out. <laughs> okay, uh, let's break right there. That'll give us enough time to talk about uh, Justin Lane and Josiah Scott and LJ Scott uh, after the break. Uh, but first, I got to tell you, the Lockdown Podcast Network is just doing amazing things on Twitter and Instagram. On Twitter, follow at LockdownNet, and you get all the Lockdown Podcast Network local hosts covering their NFL or NBA teams on one feed. It's great during games. You get breaking news, and you get that unique local perspective on instagram lockdown net gives you the biggest stories in just one minute on your instagram stories and longer editions on the biggest stories of the day in your news and the feeds themselves make sure you follow lockdown net on both twitter and instagram okay welcome back to the third and final segment of today's locked on spartans podcast um so d'antonio did uh, obviously a ton of talking about recruiting today but there was also some talk about the the current team uh, and the Red Box Bowl. The first thing to come out of the press conference is that Justin Lane is no longer with the team. Sean Shearer of 247sports.com reported uh, about a, I don't know, almost a month ago, two or three weeks ago, that Lane was going to the NFL and wouldn't be uh, playing in the Red Box Bowl. D'Antonio confirmed that today. Uh, and he said, uh, among other things, that he was disappointed that Justin Lane left the team to get prepared for the NFL draft. 
that his philosophy is that you you know you finish what you start, and that includes the bowl game, uh, and that's total crap from D'Antonio. Uh, super disappointing to hear that. Uh, first thought: if you want, if you don't want your players to skip bowl games, make better bowl games. They won't skip them if they're good bowl games. Uh, and B, you should want guys to uh, go and pursue their dreams. That's what your job is. Your job is to help them get to the next level uh, along with winning games and and all that stuff. Uh, Your job is to get guys to the next level. That helps with recruiting. If Justin Lane gets hurt in the Red Box Bowl and and doesn't get drafted, uh, you know, or gets drafted in the sixth round or something like that, which has happened a ton over the last, you know, however many years that stuff happens. Uh, go ask Jake Butt from Michigan. Go ask Jalen Smith. Go ask the dude who got sent to the hospital uh, at a bowl game Tuesday night. That stuff happens. Uh, so for him to kind of take a shot at Lane there, saying he was disappointed in his decision, I thought was total crap. Uh, and I I would hope uh, that he, I don't know if he, he'll ever change, but I would hope someone explains to him why what he said is crap uh, and that he sort of changes his mind on that. It's an incredibly selfish thing for him to say uh, and not at all thinking of, Justin Lane, who, you know, he's pursuing his dream. And when he gets drafted, if he gets drafted in the second round or something like that, that looks great for Michigan State, and it feeds the cycle. You get to go to a defensive back's recruit, uh, defensive back recruit's house next year and say, hey, look, Darquez Denard, first round. Trey Wayne's first round. Justin Lane, second round. You come here, you'll be a top pick in the NFL draft. We produce corners all the time. So it's good for the program uh, for Justin Lane to go to the draft healthy and to get drafted uh, high. So, And he also did say that any other decisions regarding uh, NFL futures like Kenny Willekes or Joe Bocci would come uh, after the bowl game. So we don't expect any more announcements prior to the Red Box Bowl. With the Red Box Bowl, uh, LJ Scott is playing. I think, um, and I'm not sure if LJ had said that, but I think it was kind of known that he was going to play, but D'Antonio confirmed it today. Good to have him. I think LJ needs uh, that game to just kind of, you know, another one more chance uh, at a showcase game to kind of show scouts what he can do. You know, maybe get himself an invite to one of these postseason things. Uh, postseason, you know, not the Senior Bowl, but the, these all-star games. Uh, that can go a long way for his draft stock. A really good game against Oregon would kind of help people say, hey, he was injured this year. Uh, let's, you know, kind of we can throw some of this stuff out. He's banged up. He looks great again. Uh, he looks like the dynamic player, the powerful runner with great vision that we've seen throughout his career. Uh, so I think he's got a great chance to to do that, and I'm glad he's playing. Uh, and I hope he has a great game, obviously. The other Scott that's playing in the Red Box Bowl is Josiah Scott. And that is absolutely horrible. (laughs) Um, I'm assuming it was Josiah Scott's decision and whatever decision he wants to make, that is, uh, his decision to make. And that's, that's good for him. Good for the kid. Um, you know, I would anticipate this basically means you got one year more year of Josiah Scott, maybe two, uh, and he's going to the NFL. He's obviously a very good player, uh, with someone like him. Uh, it's, it's a bummer because I think not taking the red shirt leaves you susceptible to something, uh, I think if he got hurt and needed an additional year, he could apply for uh, a medical red shirt, medical red shirt, and get a fifth year. Uh, but you know, it's it's a riskier decision, uh, one that they're obviously comfortable with. Uh, but it's just kind of a bummer that his sophomore season is a wasted season. But at the same time, uh, he's a guy who, if he can stack on top of what he did his freshman year, if he can have a good bowl game and have a good year next year, he's a guy who could leave early as well. So I I think it could end up being a moot point. Uh, I just hope 
hope that it doesn't come back to bite him in the butt in terms of, you know, he needs another year of eligibility to get things squared away in terms of, you know, whatever happens, he gets hurt, doesn't have a good season. Uh, he's just, you know, he loses out on an, uh, an additional year to make an impact that will get him drafted at a higher spot and contribute to a more successful NFL career. Uh, hopefully that's not the case. I think it ends up being a moot point in that he has a great season next year. Uh, and if he profiles that way, uh, as a guy who leaves early, maybe he comes back for a senior season uh, and has another great year. But we'll see how that all shakes out. He is playing, so... That helps Michigan State's chance to win the Red Box Bowl, which, you know, you always want to win your bowl game. But it does sort of take away that chance to have an extra year if he would need it. But again, uh, I don't think he'll end up needing it. So not a major thing. It's just, it's a, I guess, a little bit of a bummer. But hey, man, that's his choice. Uh, he's, he's going with it. And I think it's all going to work out in the end for him. All right, that's going to do it for our show today. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Follow us on Twitter at OnSpartans. Follow me on Twitter at Will underscore underscore Hunter, 1L2 underscores. Uh, search out the page on Facebook, Locked on Spartans. There's a little Facebook page you can like at the episodes there. Locked on Spartans at gmail.com. Anytime you want to send in a question or a topic or anything like that, uh, subscribe to the podcast wherever you get podcasts and hop on over to iTunes. Give us a five-star review if you don't mind. Thanks so much for listening today. We'll be back tomorrow, uh, tomorrow morning, hopefully early. I've been trying to get these done the night before and get them out, scheduled to post around five so you can get them on your way to work. Uh, tomorrow we will do a full preview of Michigan State uh, Oakland basketball as long as no other headlines pop up between now and then uh, regarding sports. Uh, I anticipate they won't, so we'll do a full basketball preview show getting you ready for Michigan State taking on the Oakland Grizzlies. So we'll be back with that tomorrow. Thank you so much for listening. Until tomorrow, go green.